Hello, this is Megan Liebman, and today we'll be mapping Holy Basil on the 15-Minute Matrix. Welcome to the 15-Minute Matrix Special Nutrition Therapy Series, where we dive into the approaches, practices, dietary theories, and healing foods that have been used in the most successful practices around the globe and throughout history. I'm Andrea Nakayama, functional medicine nutritionist and your host. The 15-Minute Matrix is the podcast that brings you bite-sized insights and lessons which highlight the most important tool in functional medicine and functional nutrition, and that's the functional matrix. The functional nutrition matrix reminds us of three very important factors in clinical care. Everything is connected, we are all unique, and all things matter. Be sure to head over to this episode's show notes at 15minutematrix.com if you'd like to see today's topic mapped on a downloadable matrix to remind you of these critical aspects of care. Today on the 15-Minute Matrix, we have Megan Liebman back to the mic for our monthly deep dive into a beloved herb. Megan, certified functional nutritionist and lifestyle practitioner, master's in human nutrition and functional medicine, and certified holistic health counselor, works as a guide to help each person cultivate their physiological and spiritual nourishment through her work with botanical medicine, functional nutrition, food, supplemental therapies, and lifestyle modifications. She creates a bridge from the place at which you enter the process of our nutritional support to the place of nourishment and revitalization. And Megan is one of the lead nutritionists in my clinic and instructors in our programs here at FXNA. I'm so excited to host these monthly chats on herbs with Megan. Megan, welcome back to the 15-Minute Matrix. Hi, Andrea. I'm so happy to be back with you. I am so happy to have you back and happy for this series that we're going to be doing together this year. And speaking of this series, we're going to be exploring herbs together. And before we go into today's herb, which I'm super excited about, can you just set the stage with a little primer on your approach to the use of herbs from a functional nutrition and especially a full body systems perspective? Yes. So one of the things that I always like to avoid with herbs is we want to take the X for Y out of the picture. In full body systems in general, we want to dig deeper. We want to be looking at the who who the individual is that we are working with as opposed to, oh, you have heartburn. Take this herb for that symptom. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So What I want to encourage for anybody who is listening is invite these herbs that I'm talking about and that Andrea and I are teaching about into your kitchen. Bring them to your senses. How do they taste? How do they smell? As you're drinking a tea, take some time to pause and notice any feelings you have in your body. Just really bring them in and take the time to get to know the herb, both for yourself But also, so if you do recommend that herb, you know from a deeper level how to speak about it as opposed to, oh, 
fully basal is an adaptogen and it's good for stress reduction. There's there's more to the story than that. And that's what I'm really hoping to give you all as we bring herbs deeper into your kitchen. I love this concept. And I have to admit, and Megan, you know me so well, and you've known me for so long, that <laughs> that sensibility, that kind of intuition with herbs or with plants in general doesn't come easily to me. I think of myself as a highly intuitive person. I'm very intuitive about people, about what's going on. I can read the room. I'm intuitive in the kitchen with cooking and with what spices are needed or how to make something taste delicious. But my intuitive tendencies with herbs and plants isn't quite active for me. If others listening are like me, is there any recommendation for how we slow that process down? I mean, to me, it's just literally slowing down, yeah, taking the time to smell the herb. What, what is the reaction when you get, when you smell it, taking the time to really taste as you're sipping on tea, not just drinking tea down, but really let the tea sit in your mouth. Mm -hmm. What comes up for you? If you're working with a spice or a powder, taste it first, play with it. Like, honestly, the way I love to work with herbs, and I do this with my kids, is by encouraging them just to play. Oh, you like the way the cardamom and the cinnamon look. Go ahead and mix them together. What is that experience like? And that, to me, is the most powerful way that we can get to know herbs. But I'm also known for going and sitting with dandelions. Right. It's so. true. Yeah. <laughs> you, you you have that, that intuitive experience, that intuitive nature. And I love that you're hearkening back to this concept we call slow it down to speed it up in the full body systems community. Slow it down to speed it up. And slowing it down to speed it up gets us out of the X for Y. Like you said, when we're in the X for Y, we're looking for the quick fix. And even though we may all have mental disdain for the quick fix. We still are usually looking for it to help us speed things along for our own bodies or those that we're serving. And that's yeah. one of the reasons I love the herb that we're talking about today. It's one for me that reminds me to slow down. So can you tell me a little bit about the history of holy basil? Yeah, just to set the stage, the botanical name for holy basil is Ossimum sanctum. It has a new name called Tenuiflorum, but most people still use the original botanical name. Um, holy basil, also known as Tulsi, is the second most holy herb in Ayurveda after the lotus. It's one of our most calming adaptogens that comes from the healing system of Ayurveda. And just a fun little tidbit of history around holy basil, it's actually dedicated to Vishnu and Krishna. And holy basil is actually grown in many of the domestic courtyards for spiritual purposes. But also it is said that the aroma from holy basil purifies the atmosphere due to the fact that the plant gives off ozone that breaks down chemicals dispelling diseases. How amazing is that? That's Just incredible. A, right? Yeah. So some fun history. And this is another way, like get to know these fun facts about the herbs. <laughs> I think they're so interesting and, and joyful to, to learn. 
And that's something we'll be exploring this year about specific herbs. So we'll get to dive into the history. What is this herb? And as I understand it, even though it's called holy basil, it has a very different flavor profile and it it's actually from a different family than what we think of as sweet basil or Thai basil than we'd use in the kitchen. Yeah. Have you had your hands on the actual holy basil leaf does yeah. it what what does that smell or taste like it's a very sweet smell and the taste is also pretty pretty sweet and lovely it's a really easy plant to grow so if you know how to grow basil in your garden you'll have no problem growing holy basil it likes to at least in the climate that andrea and i are in it grows very well in the pacific northwest it needs warm weather sun and good drainage and water. But I've grown holy basil at every place that I've lived while living in the Pacific Northwest. And it's a beautiful plant. The butterflies and the bees also really love it. Hmm. And it's very easy to work with. And you can cut it back so there's less flowers. You can just let it grow so that there's more flowers. It's a it's really fun and lovely to work with. So we know a little bit about where it came from, a little bit about its history and the powers in its history. Why would we introduce holy basil into our bodies or the bodies of those that we are supporting? There's so many reasons. When we think about a full body systems approach to herbs, this is one of the most beautiful ones I think that we have access to. So it's neuroprotective. It's an immunomodulator. It's an antioxidant. It's a galactagogue, so it promotes milk flow in mm. breastfeeding mothers. Mm -hmm. It's antimicrobial. It's a wonderful nervine. It's an adaptogen, as we know. It's highly anti-inflammatory. It's an alterative, meaning that it's really good for the liver. It has laxative. It can have laxative effects, which could be a good thing. You're not going to you're not going to experience the laxative effects by drinking a cup of tea. But if you're if someone was taking higher doses, they might experience a laxative effect. And my favorite is it's very rejuvenative. So it basically, as you're drinking the tea, what I like to think about is that I'm just bathing my whole body internally in this really wonderful juice that is rejuvenating my body at a cellular level and not just my body, but like from a full body systems perspective. I love how we can use herbs to have a more broad, getting us again out of that X for Y. It's not like we're targeting one thing. It's like we're helping the whole system hum. I can't think of a good analogy, but it's like where everything just comes into pure resonance. And mm -hmm. this is one of those herbs that supports that resonance. And the things that I think about, and I am not as knowledgeable about herbs as you are, Megan, I always think about all the immune properties that you mentioned, that anti-inflammatory nature, but also it is known, as far as I know, for lowering cytokine activity, which is something we might want to be thinking about these days. Mm -hmm. And um, also it's nervine properties, which you mentioned. Can you talk a little bit more into what that means, what nervine properties are? Holy basil in particular, when we think of it as a nervine, is it's really good for helping to reduce anxiety. So when we're talking about nervines, we're thinking about herbs that are good for the nervous system mm -hmm. overall. And 
holy basil is very uplifting. It's very strengthening. It has the potential to clear lethargy and it's really good for brain fog. It's like I said, it's great for reducing anxiety. It, and, you know, just even the process of making a cup of tea, I am someone who struggles with anxiety. And one of my biggest tools that I have is actually simply making a pot of holy basil tea for myself. The act of slowing down, putting the herbs in the pot, pouring the water, letting it steep, and then pouring the cup of tea. And that in and of itself can really bring somebody into the moment and help them calm down. I love that. I was sitting in my meditation today. I do a guided meditation, which is helpful for me. And it was talking about the calm principle, how we take the time to hold something and think about how we might hold that thing in our hands, in the cup of our hands with some care and love and what it feels like to us to be giving that care or love. And I really appreciate that that slowing down, we can do that with a cup of tea. And I know that you and I love our cups too. And the cup that we might actually savor in that moment also invites that slowing down, that calming. And then you put holy basil tea in there and you have that entire experience of caring for something in our hands, which in turn is caring for ourselves. It's a beautiful practice. I mean, I've been studying herbal medicine for almost 20 years now, and I still could learn how to make a cup of tea over and over and over again. And I'm always going to discover something new. I love, love, love that thought. It feels like a really just incredible practice. When we think about the active constituents in holy basil, I know that there are some tannins, there are saponins, there are flavonoids, alkaloids. It has a lot of these properties that have the actions that you were talking about. Do you have anything to add about some of those active constituents in the plant? It's also rich in essential oils and it's, you know, has the antioxidant polyphenols and flavonoids in it, which we all love, especially those of us in the functional nutrition world. And if we want to look at how those constituents and kind of move that into the center of the matrix, if we look at holy basil and digestion, it's holy basil is a wonderful antispasmodic. It's very warming. It's appetizing and it can improve absorption in metabolism in the body. It also reduces the effect of irritating drugs on the stomach lighting. So think Mm. about those people who are coming in, taking a PPI, drinking holy basil tea is really good for calming down the damage that a lot of those PPIs can do onto the stomach lighting. If we move into the immune system, holy basil is an anti-inflammatory. It inhibits prostaglandin production. It's immune enhancing as well as an adaptogen, meaning that if your immune system is on overdrive, the adaptogen is going to help bring it down. If it's under functioning, the adaptogen is going to help bring it up. Very simple way that I like to think about adaptogens. It protects healthy cells from toxicity. So if we go back to that story, right, about 
holy basil being in the courtyards of many of the holy places in India and it, you know, giving off that ozone, breaking down those chemicals, it's doing the same thing in the body. It's also really good for allergies, including hay fever and rhinitis. And then I do want to give some special attention to the respiratory system because holy basil is a very powerful decongestant, expectorant, and antispasmodic. And I don't know if anybody else is hyper-focused on their respiratory system, (laughs) but um, it's definitely a tea that my family drinks at some point every day just for those powerful effects within the respiratory system. I really appreciate how you ticked us around the central or soup part of the matrix. One of the other things I always think about as well in relation to holy basil, and then I want to kind of get us into the how do we incorporate this herb, but it does enhance the activity of glutathione S-transferase, which is a key enzyme in detoxification. And I know a lot of us can be focused on our glutathione activity and looking to other sources like NAC or glutathione in some way as a supplement. But it's nice to know that we can be drinking our tea and also enhancing that activity. Yes. Well, and there's just so much power. I know for me, I take a lot of supplements. I won't lie. I take a lot of supplements. But if I can get something from an herb that I can bring into my kitchen or from a food, I'd much rather do that as best I can. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So we were talking about tea. We've been talking a lot about tea and there's fresh leaf tea. Uh, Can we put it in food as well? Yeah, you definitely can. I, for the most part, focus on doing holy basil in a tea or I will sometimes dry the herb and then crush it up, use it a little bit as a spice. Like I'll sprinkle holy basil, dried holy basil on my salad or pretty much anywhere where I can put magic sprinkles, as we've talked about, like in our last podcast. But yes, for the most part, when bringing it into the kitchen, I've also made little power balls or what do we call them? Brain balls. <laughs> where, you know, fat bombs. Yeah. That's the word I'm fat bombs, for. brain um, bombs, brain yeah. balls. I like brain balls. I like brain balls. Um, (laughs) I like to sprinkle holy basil into there or even powder it a little bit and put it into the brain balls. But for the most part, I'm usually bringing it in as a tea, either fresh leaf or dried. Yeah, I've also seen people use it in ghee, like you talked about in our last podcast episode in 2020 together. And if people are using it as a tincture, my understanding is like four to 10 milliliters a day. Uh, However, I like the idea of using it as a tea or in food the best. The taste of holy basil is a bit pungent. It's warming. There is a sweetness to it with some notes of peppermint or cloves or licorice or lemon. So it has the flavor profile is quite broad. So you really can play with it in many different ways. And I know, Megan, that we have a little bit of a history with holy basil. So back in the day, and everybody pick up their perk up their ears, because this is something I used to do when I was seeing clients in person at my dining room table, I would always serve tea, it would actually serve the situation of slowing down and creating an environment of 
warmth and relaxation and communication. And the tea I always served to my clients was a rose holy basil tea. And Megan, the first time you and I met, I Mm -hmm. believe I served a rose holy basil tea for us in my living room. You did. It was absolutely lovely. And it was love at first sight. It worked. (laughs) (laughs) So good way to court your clients or your next, uh, that point, you weren't my lead nutritionist on my team, but I I was courting you, you were courting me and you're right. It worked. Any contraindications, Megan, that we should be thinking about with holy basil? So I do avoid use in pregnancy. Um, it is okay for breastfeeding. And I also avoid using it in women who are struggling with fertility. So in both pregnancy and for women who are struggling with fertility, it's just not worth it to mess around. You know, a lot of people would say, oh, it's so benign. But to me, I don't feel safe recommending those herbs when someone is struggling with fertility or pregnant. So it's not going to be a safe and healing recommendation. So those are the two instances that I most avoid it. And then Andrea, you had one to share also. Yes, I did. I mean, I would, uh, I wouldn't say avoid, but I'd use caution if somebody is taking a blood sugar lowering medication like Avandia, just because you want to be careful with things like holy basil or chromium, things that you would use to also support blood sugar regulation. So just a pre, uh, just something cautionary there. I, I wouldn't worry about a cup of tea mm-hmm. and not knowing if you don't know somebody is taking that medication. But in terms of a therapeutic use and regular use, that's where I would use more caution. Megan, thank you so much for bringing us into an herbal mindset, a functional herbal mindset, and also really diving deep into this particular herb. Any last things you want to share about this holy basil that you love so much? I would say just grow it if you can, have fun with it, invite it into your kitchen and build a relationship with it. Relationships are beautiful, whether they're with people or with plants. And I encourage everyone to slow down and get to know their holy basil. Thank you, Megan. Yeah, thank you. The 15-Minute Matrix is brought to you by me, Andrea Nakayama, and the Functional Nutrition Alliance. Check out the latest in functional nutrition at functionalnutritionlab.com forward slash blog. The 15-Minute Matrix is produced, mixed, and edited by Rowan Bradley with production support from Natalie Merrill and the team at the Functional Nutrition Alliance. You can find episodes on all kinds of topics with more incredible guests at our podcast website, 15minutematrix.com. And if you'd like to be notified each time there's a new podcast episode by email, please go to 15minutematrix.com forward slash notify. Plus, we'd love to hear from you. We'd love to hear your thoughts, your feedback, and who you'd like to hear on the podcast. You can email us at ask at 15minutematrix.com.